TikTok broke another record. NFTs have taken over the App Store and Dexter is back. All that and more in this week's episode. Welcome to a new episode of This Week in Apps, the show that will get you app smart in 10 minutes. I'm Ariel from App Figures, and I have five highlights for you this week. And we'll start with a new report we just published. As we do every month, we published a report on the most downloaded and highest earning apps in the world for the previous month, that's October. And let's take a look at the results. In number one, we have Instagram. Instagram was the most downloaded app in the world in October. Don't be surprised, it happened last month, and the month before, and the month before, and the month before that even. I went back to see just when was the last time that Instagram was not the number one app, and it turns out that it's been a while. June of 2021 was the last time that TikTok was the winner, and that's a long time ago. I can talk about Instagram and TikTok for a while, but there's one little key, one little reason why TikTok is not number one and Instagram is, and that's India. Instagram continues to grow really well in India and TikTok is banned in India. So that's kind of a bummer for TikTok, but that's really why Instagram is succeeding so much. And that's also why this rivalry is so interesting to watch. But other than that, I wanna zoom into the end, end, end of this list. And number 10, we have Spotify. Spotify actually managed to squeeze into this list, something it hasn't done in a long time. And with 20 million downloads, that's quite a considerable amount. Between the exclusive that they have and podcasts, they seem to be doing well. It's, it's good to see them kind of make a comeback. The other half of the report had to do with money. And when it comes to money, there's only one champion. And remember who it was last month? Tinder. Tinder, again, was the number one highest earner in the US in terms of total net revenue, bringing in $85 million. Also interesting is about 81 of those come from the App Store. Only four of those came from Android devices. Interesting, right? So that's the gist of this report. If you wanna read the whole thing, which I highly recommend, it's really brief, look at the description below and you'll find a link to all the details. Next up, TikTok. I know I just talked about TikTok, but I have to dig into TikTok just a little bit more because it reached yet another milestone. It seems like every week it reaches a new milestone, or at least every month. And this month is no different. Even though it's trailing behind Instagram when it comes to downloads, when it comes to revenue, the numbers are completely flipped. There's just no way to slow down TikTok. In October, TikTok's US net revenue grew by a whopping 35%. It rose 27% in September, the month before, 23 in August, and 17% in July. So even their growth rate is growing. This is their second largest month of growth so far this year, but it's the first in, term, in terms of absolute revenue. In June, TikTok's revenue grew by a ridiculous 39%. It is ridiculous. In absolute terms, that meant about 3 million bucks of additional net revenue, additional, in addition to what they had before. They started at eight, they went to 11. But in October, TikTok added $7 million in additional net revenue. They went from 20 to 27. And why is this important? Why do I keep talking about TikTok? Remember Facebook when Facebook wasn't the biggest deal? Remember YouTube when YouTube wasn't the biggest deal? Remember Instagram when Instagram wasn't the biggest deal? TikTok is not yet the one thing that everyone uses but it's almost there, it's on the cusp, and I think it's gonna happen. I think November is gonna see more growth, and December is gonna see even more growth, and January is gonna see even more growth, and I think you get where I'm going with this, a lot of growth. And I don't think that's stopping anytime soon. I think it's easily going to dethrone pretty much everyone else in its way. And revenue is a very interesting metric 
unlike downloads, which we can look at for Instagram and Facebook and all those other ones, because that means that the people who are watching these videos are actually so excited, so engaged, so interested, that they're willing to open their pockets and pay the creators who made them. And I think that is a pivotal difference between this and between Instagram and between those other social media networks. And you look at Twitter and what Twitter is trying to do, and you get this sense that everyone is going after helping creators monetize because that's gonna be the name of the game. YouTube is really good at it. And I think that's why YouTube is so successful. That's why I'm on YouTube. Not that I wanna monetize this, but because the audience exists. And the audience exists because the creators exist and the creators exist because there's an easy way to monetize using ads with a very minimal need for anything else. TikTok is not doing exactly the same, but even though they're not doing exactly the same, they're still making a ton of money. And so that to me is a pivotal sign that TikTok will, in a very short amount of time, probably before the end of 2022, will become that one pivotal social media network that everyone relies on. If you're a developer, if you're a marketer, or if you're someone who wants to promote their app or game, if you're not trying to figure out how to do it on TikTok, you're just leaving money on the table. That's a mistake. So take the time you need and figure out how to leverage TikTok to get more downloads for your app or more visibility for your app or game. We've seen how amazing that is. And so that's not gonna change anytime soon. Go and do it immediately, super important. Next, I'm gonna switch gears completely into a totally different subject, completely and totally. I'm just switching gears. I'm gonna talk about an IPO. Everyone seems to be going public lately. I've talked about a bunch of different IPOs on the show over the last probably year, well, on the newsletter and on the podcast. And there's another IPO this week that uh, that caught my eye. Braze used to be known as AppBoy for those of you who've been around long enough. Traditional stock analysts look at company performance and they look at revenue and they look at other metrics that are really easy to look at when they try to make a decision of if an IPO is gonna be successful and if the stock is gonna be successful in the long term. When it comes to apps and when it comes to specifically service providers, Braze is a service provider to apps, there isn't enough data out there. We have that data. It's proprietary, but we have it anyway. And I'm gonna share some of that with you. Now, don't take my advice because I'm not a financial advisor. All I can do is answer questions using data. If you wanna invest in the stock, go ahead and do it. If you don't, don't do it. I'm not even gonna tell you what I'm gonna do. Let's, let's look at some data. So I always, when I look at these IPOs, the first thing that I do is come up with a list of questions. And I'm gonna go through that list of questions and I'm gonna answer them. And you'll get an idea of what's going on. And then I'm gonna give you my, my analysis of what I think will happen. So we'll start at the top. What is Braze? Braze is a service that helps companies bring users back into their mobile apps. They're in an engagement type of SDK, SDK Software Development Kit. And they help these companies using behavior that they track from the app figure out when's the best time to attract someone back to the app, either using a promotion or using a reminder or using anything that would get the user to interact with the app. It's a really uh, good strategy to do something like this. And if you have a lot of users and you wanna make sure that they are remaining active in your app, you kinda have to do this. There are a bunch of different competitors, which I'll talk about in a second, but it's really important that you do it. How is a totally different thing. Now, how popular is Braze? According to our data, to our SDK intelligence, which looks at installed SDKs in millions of iOS and Android apps, Braze installed in 4,329 apps, so a little over 4,000 apps and games. And who's using it? That list is actually pretty interesting. So they have a wide, wide variety, wide array of companies. We have HBO, we have McDonald's, we have Etsy, we have Walmart, Instacart, Klarna, and kind of a whole bunch of these other household names that you probably know and you probably use and you're probably getting these notifications based on your behavior through Braze and you didn't even know. According to our estimates, apps that use Braze were downloaded more than 70 million times in the US in the last 30 days. And I picked the US because that's kind of the common denominator 
across a lot of these apps, but that's not to say that all these apps are only US-based. Now, the mix is mostly apps and a few games, but Pokemon Go is on it and a whole bunch of others. So it's, it's a very interesting mix. So my next question is how long have they been using it for? And is that the kind of thing they're just trying and moving on? And the answer is no. Uh, the answer is interesting. So there's some companies that have had the Braze SDK installed in their apps for, for years. Um, Etsy, for example, added Braze's SDK five years ago. But then there are some companies that only got on this bandwagon fairly recently, ESPN just about a year ago, and McDonald's just a few months ago. And so it's continuing and it's growing, which is, again, interesting. In the last year, they added about 1,300 apps and they included some really big names. So big names are continuing to onboard and that's interesting. But then how many companies left? About 250, 257 apps in the last year left Braze. And the list included some really recognizable names, but ultimately I think that number is really small in comparison. Now, here's the mega question. Is it the most popular choice for engagement? And the answer is not at all. Braze has a star-studded client list, but competitors like Airship and CleverTap, even Adobe are in this race and they have more apps that are using them than Braze. I think that's actually a positive. What I see plainly said is opportunity. I see a ton of opportunity because they're not the number one, they're not the leader in their group. And so they have a lot to grow. They already have the big names. So it's not gonna be too difficult to go to slightly smaller companies or even large companies that are still along the same lines of the McDonald's and those Etsy's and the ESPN's and HBO's and offer them their services. The other thing that I see is there are a bunch of other competitors. So I promised talking about competitors and you see companies like um, Lean Plum and you see a whole array of much smaller companies that have hundreds or just very few thousands of apps that are using their SDK. And to me, that sounds ripe for opportunity. If Braze is gonna raise enough money with its IPO, Braze raised, that's funny. If they're gonna raise enough money, they're gonna have enough to actually buy out these smaller competitors and just instantly grow. We've seen pretty much every other company that IPO'd fairly recently follow the same, the same path. So I don't see any reason why this would not happen. Ultimately, I think this is, again, lots of opportunity and I think Braze will succeed in the long run. So switching gears again, well, back to something I talk about all the time, streamers. HBO Max and Disney Plus really command the highest earning chart if you look at the report that I linked to. But this week, a different streamer actually took command of the charts in the US only for a brief moment, but that's significant enough. Uh, that streamer was Showtime, and Showtime hit its first million dollar day, something it hasn't accomplished before. And that's also net revenue, so it's all even more revenue, but they got to keep a million bucks. Our estimates show that Showtime's mobile apps have been averaging about 45,000 in daily net revenue over the last few months, and they've seen a few peaks here and there, but the biggest one reached 450,000 bucks at the end of August, and that was nowhere near their million dollar day. This peak, the one that happened this week, was by far the biggest for Showtime, adding a million bucks of net revenue in a single day. But that's not the only thing that's exciting about it. It's that it wasn't just one day of revenue, it was pretty much the whole weekend. And even as it continued into the week, revenue was still pretty high. Between Friday and Monday, Showtime's app added $2.8 million of net revenue to its bottom line, and more than 300,000 new downloads. And if you're thinking about their ability to now take these new viewers, these new downloads, these new users, and retain them for a long time, 
That's a huge benefit, in addition to the revenue, of course, but that's also a really huge benefit for Showtime because it spells out a lot of opportunity for the future. If you're curious what happened, it's all about the content. I've been saying that week in and week out. The return of Dexter, a popular show with a kind of a cult following at this point, in a huge boxing match were the two that together gave Showtime this really great weekend. If you think about it, there's really no better way to engage people. You have sports on one side, and we know that boxing matches are huge, and also shows that have cult-like following, especially the ones that have been around for a while and took a long break, and now we're coming back. So it's a sense of nostalgia, plus it's a good show, so you'll get more viewers anyway. It's kind of a win-win, and I think that's also why it rose so quickly. Now, at a time where the streaming market is beginning to feel a little bit more saturated. The excitement is slowly wearing off, and even though there's a ton of exclusives from both HBO and Disney and really as many other streamers as possible, it's on the one hand overwhelming, on the other is becoming kind of mundane and expected. It's starting to feel like this race for streamers is dividing into two groups. You have HBO and Disney, and those are kind of the leaders in this. They're the expected leaders, and then you have everyone else. But just because you're in the everyone else category, like Showtime, it doesn't mean that you still can dominate the charts, if only for a hot minute. And if they continue on this track and they do it really well, they can be there more than just once. So this race is not slowing down at any point. It is a little bit saturated at this point and it is a little bit expected, but that just, you know, that's just normal, I think, par for the course at this point. And again, we get to win as viewers because we get all this content. Eventually, we will see the great bundling of cable and Showtime and HBO Max and Disney Plus will all end up in some other app. I don't know what that other app is yet, but that's what I think we'll all see in probably the next year or two. Last for this week, it's all about NFTs. I'm sure you've heard NFTs or something about NFTs at any point, at some point recently, because everyone is talking about them. My entire week was filled with talk of NFTs. It's family, it's the guy who cuts my hair, it's even my Uber driver, who I hope is listening because I gave him a link to the show. If you're listening, give me a thumbs up. I wouldn't bring it up if it was just people talking about NFTs because that's, you know, kind of normal over the last few months. But there is something interesting. The Simpsons got into the NFT game this week, as did Marvel and its characters. The characters were available for purchase for around 60 bucks through a marketplace called Vive or Vivi or Veve. V-E-V-E. -E. If you know how to say it, please leave me a comment and let me know. They partnered with Disney to offer new NFTs for Simpsons characters and Marvel characters. The new tokens were released on Sunday and sold out by Tuesday through an app, something that we have not seen as crazy so far. We estimate that in those three days, users spent $4.8 million in the VV market. I'm just going to call it VV Marketplace because I think that makes sense across the App Store and Google Play. However, the majority came from iPhone owners, and that's also gross revenue, something I don't normally say, so I have to put it out there. That's how much money people spent in the app. Apple and Google kept roughly 1.4 million of that 4.8, and VV Marketplace kept 3.4 in three days. The shopping spree continued into Wednesday, which was VV's best day of revenue. We estimate that on Wednesday alone, they earned $1.3 million, and that's a net revenue, so after the store takes its cut. Downloads also rose sharply since the new tokens went live, increasing more than 600% versus the daily average before. It means that just like crypto made its way into what I think is now the mainstream, 
NFTs are following the exact same path and they're doing all that through apps. And I think this app is pivotal for this becoming a real thing for real people because it just makes it friendly and easy. Disney is seeing that. Playboy did an NFT a few weeks ago as well. Um, and other household names are doing them. We looked at Louis Vuitton with their game a few months ago, and that's not the end of the list. And I think more will come very soon. So whether or not you understand NFTs or think they're crazy or silly or weird or smart, I'm pretty sure they're here to stay. And that's because apps like the VV Marketplace, and I'm sure more that will come after it, are making it super easy to consume. That's all I have for you. But if you have any questions or any comments, leave them below and I'll do my best to answer them. See you next week.